The Real Mad Men, following the money behind TV political ads. I'm Amy Goodman, host of Democracy Now! with my weekly Breaking the Sound Barrier podcast. Mayday, Murdoch, and the murder of Millie Dowler. What do they have to do with the 2012 U.S. general election? This year's election will undoubtedly be the most expensive in U.S. history, with some projections topping $5 billion. Not only has the amount of spending increased, but its nature has as well, following the 2010 U.S. Supreme Court Citizens United ruling, which allows unlimited spending by corporations, unions and so-called super PACs, all under the banner of free speech. This campaign season will unfold amidst a resurgent Occupy Wall Street movement launched globally on May 1st, the same day the British Parliament released a report on Rupert Murdoch's media empire. This is British MP Tom Watson. Everybody in the world knows who is responsible for the wrongdoing of News Corp, Rupert Murdoch. More than any individual alive, he is to blame. Morally, the deeds are his. He paid the piper and he called the tune. It is his company, his culture, his people, his business, his failures, his lies, his crimes, the price of profits and his power. In the view of the majority of committee members, Rupert Murdoch is not fit to run an international company. Now more than ever, people should heed the advice of the famous Watergate source Deep Throat, follow the money. Most money in our elections goes to TV stations to run political advertisements. According to writers Robert McChesney and John Nichols in The Monthly Review, the amount of political ad spending is skyrocketing. This is Professor Bob McChesney. 20 years ago, the average commercial television station got 2 or 3 percent of its revenues from candidate ads and actually had local news coverage uh, on their station. Today, depending on the state you're in, it looks like the average commercial television station, these 50 uh, big market network stations will have anywhere from 15 to as much as 30 percent of their revenues just from political candidate ads, and they're doing far less coverage of politics whatsoever. So we're getting inundated with inane advertising, and we're having very little journalism. What little journalism we do get tends to be just monitoring the ads and sort of cheering them on. For just one relatively small race, a recent Pennsylvania congressional primary between Democrats, journalist Ken Nelly provided a comprehensive analysis of the local TV news coverage compared with the amount of political ads that ran on the same TV stations. Nelly's headline says it all, 28 hours of political ads and a few minutes of news. More than 3,300 ad spots were run on the stations serving the predominantly Democratic district. Lost in the hours of ads, Nellie writes, was the very occasional news report on the race, and he said the reports contained very little substance. How Nellie was able to probe these details is crucial. The Federal Communications Commission requires that TV stations maintain a public inspection file, and any member of the public can view it. Within the disclosures are the details of the political advertising purchases made, the amounts paid, and what entity bought the airtime. Recent efforts have been made to compel these hugely profitable broadcast entities to publish these files online. The broadcasters have vigorously fought such efforts, and although they usually prevail in the industry-friendly halls of the FCC, have lost this battle. On Friday, April 27th, the FCC voted 2 to 1 to require stations to transition from paper to online filing over a two-year period. ProPublica reporter Justin Elliott notes the files will not be provided in a standard format and will likely not be searchable. ProPublica has launched a Free the Files campaign. This is Justin Elliott. 
my colleagues at ProPublica are asking people, um, you know, other journalists, journalism students, uh, readers, to go to the stations, um, especially once once this rule, ruling goes into effect, which is expected sometime later this campaign, it'll be stations outside the top 50 markets that, that the rule won't apply to at first. Go to the stations. Uh, you don't need an appointment. Uh, ask for the political file, make the copies, scan them in, send them to us, and we're going to be posting them online. Uh, it's called Free the Files if you go to ProPublica.org. Most of the major U.S. broadcast networks lobbied against the new disclosure rules, including Fox Television, one of the crown jewels of Rupert Murdoch's News Corp media empire. Murdoch received a stinging rebuke this week with the release of a British Parliament report on the phone-hacking scandal that's racked his newspapers in Britain. The scandal exploded in 2011, when The Guardian reported that News of the World reporters had hacked into the voicemail of 13-year-old murder victim Millie Dowler in 2002. While Dowler was still missing, reporters deleted some of her voicemails, which gave false hope to her family that she still might be alive. Journalists, along with both the judicial inquiry and parliamentary hearings, have uncovered a culture of criminality behind much of the news-gathering facade at Murdoch's now-defunct News of the World newspaper in London. The Parliamentary Committee released its report this week. This is British MP again, Tom Watson. Powerful people were involved in a cover-up, and they still haven't accepted responsibility. And after all of this, the story is not yet over. These people corrupted our country. They brought shame on our police force and our parliament. They lied and cheated, blackmailed and bullied. And we should all be ashamed when we think how we cowered before them for so long. But to really stop requires more than tokenistic retribution. It needs conclusive attribution. The very cornerstone of justice is that those really responsible are held to account. The scandal also led to the discovery of bribery of British police officials, which, because News Corp is a U.S. corporation, could fall under the U.S. Federal Foreign Corrupt Practices Act, which prohibits bribery by U.S. companies overseas. In response, the nonpartisan group Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington petitioned the FCC to strip Murdoch of the 27 television broadcast licenses he controls in the U.S. While it's a crime to bribe a police officer in London, it's perfectly legal to spend $5 billion to influence the course of U.S. elections and for powerful broadcasters thereby to reap enormous profits. The FCC is to be applauded for its new transparency rules. Ultimately, political candidates should have free airtime to present their platform to the voters. Until then, it's up to journalists, activists and regular citizens to follow the money. I'm Amy Goodman with Dennis Moynihan.